Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine and creator of drjockers.com, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. This podcast is sponsored by my friends over at ChopC60.com. If you haven't heard of Carbon 60 or otherwise called C60 before, it is a powerful Nobel Prize winning antioxidant that helps to optimize mitochondrial function, fights inflammation, and neutralizes toxic free radicals. I'm a huge fan of using C60 in conjunction with a healthy lifestyle to support your immune system, help your body detox, and increase energy and mental clarity. If you are over the age of 40 and you'd like to kick fatigue and brain fog to the curb this year, visit shopc60.com and use the coupon code JOCKERS for 15% off your first order and start taking back control over your health today. The products I use, I use their C60 in organic MCT coconut oil. They have it in various different flavors. They also have sugar-free gummies that are made with allulose and monk fruit. They also have carbon 60 and organic avocado and extra virgin olive oil. When it's combined with these fats, it absorbs more effectively. And carbon 60 is great as a natural energizing tool because it really helps your mitochondria optimize your energy production. Now, if you take it late at night, for some individuals, it may seem a little bit stimulating. So that's why we recommend taking it earlier in the day, and it will give you that great energy, that great great mental clarity that you want all day long. It will help reduce the effects of oxidative stress and aging and really help you thrive. So again, guys, go to shopc60.com. Use the coupon code JOCKERS to save 15% off your first order, and start taking back control of your health today. Welcome back to the podcast. We've got a topic that's near and dear to my heart. It's all about magnesium, which is one of the the, the most common deficiencies in our society. Magnesium deficiency associated with a whole wide range of different health problems. And in this podcast, we're going to talk about how many traditional diagnoses, how many traditional symptoms and disease processes people have that could very well be magnesium deficiency in disguise. My guest is Carolyn Dean, Dr. Carolyn Dean. She's a medical doctor, naturopath, and best-selling author. She's spent over 50 years committed to applying the science of medicine and the gifts of nature to help people feel better, find more energy, and take control of their personal health. And she has a best-selling book called The Magnesium Miracle that you guys can check out. And we're going to talk about, again, the top 12 reasons magnesium is critical for overall health, the most common symptoms that are associated with magnesium deficiency, and how magnesium is key for mitochondrial integrity and energy production. We're going to talk about also the importance of magnesium as a a partner or cofactor with other essential vitamins and minerals like vitamin D and calcium, talking about vitamin D, or really magnesium, and brain health, neuronal health. So a lot of really really important stuff in this podcast. You guys are going to really enjoy this. If you've not left us a five-star review, now's the time to do that. Just go to Apple iTunes, wherever you listen to this podcast, find where you can leave a review, leave us a five-star review. It helps us reach more people and impact more lives. Thanks so much for doing that. Thank you for being a part of our community. Let's go into the show. Well, Dr. Carolyn Dean, great to connect with you here. And, uh, you know, it's one of my favorite topics, magnesium deficiency, because, you know, for years, when I was working with one-on-one with clients, it was like, I would say 50% of my clients, if I just got them on magnesium right away and made some dietary changes, some lifestyle changes, they felt significantly better. And that would be like one of the top line supplements that I would give them to start with. And they would notice improvements. They just felt like they slept better. They had better energy. And so there are just so many people that are out there that are are dealing with magnesium deficiency. So I'm really, I'm really excited to do a deep dive on this topic. And I know you read, you wrote the the best-selling book, Magnesium, The Missing Link to Total Health. You're an expert in this. So really excited to have you on here. Let's start with just what is magnesium? What roles does it play in the body? Great. Well, good to be here. Um, Call me Carolyn. I'll call you David. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. 
So magnesium, it's an element, it's a mineral, it's an electrolyte. It's used by 80% of known metabolic functions in the human body. That, that's a new reference, Working Journal 2018, since I wrote the last um, edition of The Magnesium Miracle. And that's why I do have Magnesium, The Missing Link, because there's so much going on about magnesium. Everybody's talking about it. There's like a dozen different magnesium products, and people are, are getting confused. Magnesium is necessary for, I say, up to a thousand metabolic processes, enzymatic processes that run our energy, that run our muscles, our nerves. So if you, I mean, David, if you think there's, there's 600 muscles in the body, if those muscles aren't getting a sufficient interaction between magnesium and calcium, they'll go into spasm. What magnesium does is it opens up the mineral ion channels and allows a little bit of calcium in to create a nerve firing or a muscle action potential. And if, if the magnesium isn't there to pull the calcium back out, calcium builds up and ends up, you know, we're going into spasm, tingling, all of the symptoms that sometimes end up putting people in front of a neurologist who says, oh, you may have MS. And then boom, you know, the fear of having a disease like that can cause a person enough disruption, enough, you know, fear and anxiety that they, they start getting sicker and sicker. So we can't do that. We can't keep doing that to people. We have to let them know that simple minerals are are not as simple as uh, we're being told. So head to foot, I think the most important thing you've already said, you give magnesium, people sleep and they have energy, and then they're able to, to create a different lifestyle for themselves. If you're flat out and exhausted and you know, just kind of apathetic. You go to your doctor and they say, oh, you're depressed or you're anxious and they start giving you drugs and it's, it's game over. But if you can get someone's energy going, which means magnesium is going into the different cycles in the mitochondria. And we're constantly hearing now about mitochondrial dysfunction. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, what will we do? What are the things that can help mitochondria? Oh, we don't have any drugs. Seriously. The pentose um, shunt that, cr that creates pyruvic acid puts pyruvic acid at the top of the Krebs cycle. What makes pyruvic acid go to the next step in, in the eight or 10 steps? Magnesium and potassium. And then around the circle, magnesium comes in a few more times. So it starts the process and it kind of ends the process. If you don't have magnesium, you don't have energy. Magnesium ATP is what researchers are causing, calling ATP these days. Really? So they're, they're naming it now magnesium ATP. Is that because magnesium is so critical, so foundational to the production of ATP, which is cellular energy? Exactly. Without magnesium, you don't have energy. Mm. So the fact yeah. that we never learned this, you never learned it in your schooling, yeah. I never learned it in my schooling, it's just, to me, it's criminal. And yeah. it leads people to, I mean, in, in my books, I've got up to 70 different disease conditions mm. that are actually magnesium deficiency. And for those disease conditions, yeah. they're given drugs. And then we have to detox the drugs. So we're in a terrible loop with mm. um, allopathic medicine that just yeah. that ignores the um, minerals and vitamins that that are cofactors in everything that the body does. Yeah, and a lot of these medications that are given also are they mag they deplete magnesium. They further deplete magnesium. So yeah, mm. it could be a vicious cycle there. Now let's talk about the most common symptoms that people are experiencing with magnesium deficiency. And I always say magnesium is to the body what oil is to a car in a sense. It's like the more stress we're under, the more magnesium we need. And you know the, the level of magnesium deficiency can almost be like a spectrum. 
you know, you can have like extreme deficiency and, and more of like a, a subclinical or just a, a more of a slight or milder deficiency. And that can dictate some of the symptoms you experience. Right. Well, let, let me go personal because I mean, that's how I got into all this because, um, well, actually I was in New York and um, Random House asked me to write a book on magnesium, the magnesium miracle. And I realized when I was doing the research that I had headaches, mm. tension, eye twitching, you know, I'd choke on vitamin pills, heart palpitations, IBS, leg cramps, mm. Charlie horses, you know, I would stretch in bed and my, my calf muscles would just go into the most painful spasm. So, so then my story is I, I started to take a, a beyond my multiple and over the counter magnesium immediately got the laxative effect so that that was me done and if you read the you know what alternative medicine says about magnesium and the laxative effect oh well you have enough you know you you're on overload you don't need any more no that's not the case the case what happens with magnesium is that unless it's absorbed at the cellular level it just it excretes through the urine or through the bowels it's actually the fail safe you you never get too much magnesium by mouth any side effects of magnesium that you hear about it's someone who's had a, a an intravenous magnesium that's been given too much so in my case, after I published the book um, back in, I wrote it in 1999, and it was supposed to, it, it was supposed to come out on the day of 9/11 in oh, New wow. York, and so everything shut down in New York for two years. So the book finally came out in 2003. So then I began a 10-year search to find a company that would make a non-laxative magnesium because that's our problem. If people can't take, I had to take, finally, when I, I got my non-laxative magnesium, I was taking 1,200 milligrams, hmm. 1,200, whereas 50 was giving me the laxative effect. So you can imagine the people that are severely magnesium deficient on medications. And just to jump in about the medications, did you know that most of the common medications are fluoride based so they have a fluorine molecule and then you know the farm big pharma says well you know in the test tube the fluoride doesn't break off into an atom it's it's fine in the intestines our microbiome those crazy little bacteria break down drugs so we've got fluoride from these drugs. And why is that important? Well, it's a toxin for one thing, but it also binds up irreversibly to magnesium and creates a brittle magnesium fluoride substance. Where does it go? Tendons and joints. What's the um, black box warning on Cipro, which is a fluoride drug? Tendon rupture. How many athletes have come to you after a dose of Cipro and said, oh my gosh, I have a tendon rupture. I'm done. Yeah, and, it's so common. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm saying it's because the fluoride binds with the magnesium. So you don't have your magnesium. You've got this magnesium fluoride compound, which is brittle and it causes disruption. And, you know, it's to me, it's another criminal act. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a big deal. And so, uh, you know, there are some forms of magnesium that obviously are more laxative than others. Of course, magnesium oxide is probably the most common one that's used out there in, you know, in 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 supplements, and it's also it's really the best one if you're constipated, right? Cuz it will definitely help move your bowels, but you're not going to get a whole lot of uh, magnesium absorption out of it, but there are other good forms, Matt, you know, and, and I always get questions. People are always like, what's the best form for my heart? What's the best form for my brain? Right. And it's hard to figure out with the research, but you know, we, I would say like there are certain forms that tend to be a little bit better for, you know, certain areas of the body. And I, I want to touch back, you know, I'm going to go back to that topic, uh, cause I know my audience has questions about that, but before we do that, let's talk about the relationship between magnesium and mitochondrial integrity? 
there are one to 2,000 mitochondria in every cell. You know, there's more in the heart, heart because the heart needs the energy. And red blood cells don't have mitochondria, which, I mean, sidebar, we're doing a, instead of a sheer magnesium test, which is completely um, irrelevant to what's mm -hmm. going on in your cells. Um, people are, rec and I recommend a red blood cell magnesium because we can't get the ionized magnesium test. I'm doing university research studies to, to show the importance of ionized magnesium. But here we're doing this red blood cell magnesium test and there are no mitochondria in there, which means yeah. the level of, of magnesium is going to be low. So that test is a bit, you know, sketchy. So in, in for mitochondrial health, like I said, you know, the pyruvate cycle and then the Krebs cycle absolutely are, are geared to the amount of magnesium that you're taking in. If you're not getting... Um, your RDA and the RDA is set low, 300 to 400 milligrams. Mm -hmm. We need at least 600 milligrams. Uh, like I said, I had to take 1200, but then after I got saturated and all my symptoms were gone, I mean, seriously, in, in my mid seventies now, I feel better than I did in my thirties because I'm saturated and my, my body and my cells are working properly. So if you get saturation, then at this point in time, I'm only on 450 milligrams today of magnesium. If I take more, I'll get the laxative effect because my body doesn't need that much. Yeah. Now I know I drifted away from mitochondria, but you know what are you? What specifically do you want to know about mitochondria and magnesium? Well, obviously, we know the, the mitochondria produce all the energy, and so. Uh, for the mitochondria to function at their best, clearly we need that magnesium there. And I didn't know if there was any extra information you had that you hadn't shared earlier. What happens in the, the mitochondrial research, more in the uh, alternative medicine, they talk about coenzyme Q10 is being important yeah. in the Krebs cycle. And it is. It's toward the end of the Krebs cycle. And it came into more prominence because of the overuse of statin drugs that kill the enzyme that makes cholesterol and regulates cholesterol. Right. So this, this statin drug also kills the uh, HMG-CoA reductase enzyme that magnesium balances. Mm. So magnesium works with this same enzyme that statin kills. And if you need more cholesterol, magnesium will go to work if you if you've got enough cholesterol magnesium will will pull away and we make 80 percent of our cholesterol it's not a so much a dietary thing but it is um, the regulation by magnesium that's important so anyway if you're taking a statin you really should be taking coenzyme q pin sure. but if if you realize that magnesium and statins is deplete magnesium as well they're another yeah. magnesium depleter. Absolutely. And I think it's the Lipitor statin has a fluoride molecule in it. Mm. So not only do you need to take more magnesium when you're taking these drugs, but also if you can understand that magnesium is a natural statin, as said by many researchers now, you know, maybe a person could, with their doctor, wean off their um, mm. statin drugs. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also magnesium is so critical for neuronal stability of the neurons, right? Like some of the most common symptoms are anxiety, depression, irritability, anger, cravings, a lot of these kind of neurological types of symptoms that are associated with magnesium deficiency. And so let's talk a little bit more about kind of the mechanism there. Um, obviously, when we look at neurons, they're the most dense cells with mitochondria. And so the mechanism there for magnesium deficiency associated with a lot of these neurological mental health type symptoms. Right. Same thing. You know, the um, magnesium opens up the neuron, the yeah. calcium goes in, fires an action potential, and then the magnesium pulls the calcium back out. When you have um, head trauma, that disrupts the whole you know, function of the brain and the inflammation starts and the cells are 
wide open, lots of calcium comes in. If you can give someone with head trauma a, a good, you know, uh, IV dose of magnesium or non-laxative uh, type of mm. magnesium, such as I work with, you can prevent these post-traumatic head, head injuries. It's that simple. And and that work was, was done by the Burton and Bella Altura, and they forwarded my Magnesium Miracle book. These were two researchers, I mean, they're still around, but by the time I got to them in the late 90s, they'd already written a thousand papers on magnesium. And they uh, promoted the ionized magnesium test. So that, what, we're 25 years later, and we still don't know about mm. the ionized magnesium test. And when I approached them to do the foreword, I, I was told by everybody else, oh, they're, they're bench researchers. They, they won't have anything to do with, with uh, you know, clinical magnesium. When I got to them, they said, we're fed up. We have been working for decades trying to get magnesium recognized and no you know nobody's opening up clinicians aren't opening up i mean uh, they must have realized that that medicine and big pharma were kind of in cahoots so they they forwarded the book and since then they've done some incredible studies on aging for pete's sakes mm. they found that um, magnesium disrupts the way the telomeres at the end of of the chromosomes, yeah. the way they unravel, magnesium mm. stops that. So it's an anti-aging, and magnesium will dissolve calcium that's building up in tissues in in the wrong places. So we've got uh, you know the calcification caused by um, women, especially being told they have to take 1,200, 1,500 milligrams of calcium. And right. ignoring magnesium entirely, so we've got a calcified society. We've got we've got foods that are are um, fortified with calcium. So our diet is like ten to one calcium to magnesium, whereas we're we're born for more of a one to one ratio. I say six hundred milligrams of magnesium, six hundred milligrams of calcium. Calcium is so. Uh, important for the body that it's it is well absorbed from food mm. i can eat a quart of yogurt over two three day, day period and my heart palpitations will come back a little bit because the magnesium is trying to push the calcium into bones and teeth and keep it from being in the blood what does calcium do in the blood among other things it's a blood clotter it's actually a blood clotting factor. So if you have high calcium levels, you're going to be clotting. You're going to have soft tissue calcification, breast tissue calcification. DCIS is, yeah. is breast tissue calcification, Hillsburg's, uh, gallstones, uh, kidney stones, and, and atherosclerosis. Atherosclerosis, I mean, there's the, you know, at a bifurcation of a blood vessel. You've got a vulnerable little little D connection there. And if you don't have enough collagen, which is produced by your vitamin C processing, then you'll get little tiny tears and rips. And what does the body do? It puts a little plug of cholesterol on that yeah. rip to help it out. But it, then if you've got calcium in the blood, that calcium will precipitate on that cholesterol. You get a cholesterol plaque and everybody says, oh, high cholesterol, that's the problem. Yeah, the most of those plaques are mostly calcium, right? That's a, a key part. It's basically scar tissue formation forming in there. And calcium is a key component with that. Now, you were talking about calcium metabolism, how important that is. And magnesium plays a key role with that. Also vitamin D and vitamin K2. And they kind of all work together, right? Vitamin D is not activated unless you have enough magnesium. Mm, yeah. So all these vitamin D studies, oh, it, it's a miracle. No, no, it, it's, a, it's a crock. <laughs> it's because when they do their research, they're not looking at the magnesium component or measuring the magnesium in these people. So if, if, you, um, if you even go out and 
in the sun and, and, you know, get a tan or a burn or whatever, you can actually, if you don't have enough magnesium to, to allow the sun to work with the cholesterol to make your vitamin D. And then if you don't have enough magnesium, you can start getting magnesium deficiency symptoms. Also, this craziness of allopathic medicine all of a sudden getting on the vitamin D bandwagon and giving people 50,000 units of vitamin D2, that has really, you know, in some people, they'll come back to me and say, oh my gosh, all my magnesium deficiency symptoms are gone. What's going on? And, And I get to the point, the first question I said, did you, did you start taking more vitamin D? And I mean, it, it to to us, you know, it's obvious what's going on. But to allopathic medicine, I don't know what they do with people like that. They just, you know, pat them on the head and say, "Well, come back when you're worse." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so vitamin D is key, but you want to make sure you got magnesium on board. That's key, and and they work together to take the calcium out of the bloodstream appropriately putting it into the bones, all the different tissues of the body. So yeah, they work hand in hand and we find it in nature. Like you, you take something like, um, like for example, um, egg yolk, egg yolk has got, you know, magnesium in there. It's got vitamin D, vitamin K2, you know, it's all right in there in nature. So when you're consuming that, you're getting all of it together. But David, look what they did to, to egg yolks. They told people they that they're high in cholesterol, yeah, cholesterol sure. and started giving people egg whites to mm. eat. I mean, it's, it's, it boggles yeah, us all the time. Yeah, yeah definitely yeah. backwards. Definitely not, not the best approach for sure. I just wanted to take a moment and interrupt this podcast to tell you about Paleo Valley's Essential C Complex. Vitamin C is a critical compound when it comes to supporting a healthy immune system. It's powerful for the immune system, but it's also really good for your skin, really good for energy. Most people don't realize this, but it actually plays a very important role in energy production. And again, for skin health as well, joint health, there's so many things that vitamin C supports our body in. And what I love about Paleo Valley's Essential C is it's a really powerful pure vitamin C supplement. And unlike most vitamin Cs, it contains zero synthetic ingredients that were created in a lab. Instead, it's made from three of the most potent whole food sources of vitamin C on the planet. So nothing weird in there, just food. Guys, check them out at paleovalley.com forward slash jockers to save 15% off. If you're looking for a great vitamin C to support your immune system, your skin, and your energy, go to paleovalley.com forward slash jockers to save 15% off the essential C complex. So we're talking about testing for magnesium. I know on, on like just regular blood work, you know, I'll look at like a serum magnesium, which isn't the best test, but you know, the range I like to look at is usually 2.2 to 2.5. And, uh, clinically they don't mark it as deficient until it's like under 1.5. And then I also look at GGT, which is a liver enzyme. And so that GGT should be up over 10. Um, you know, usually like 10 to 25, somewhere in that range when it's under 10, that could be a sign of magnesium deficiency as well. Cause it's so key for formation of GGT, um, which is part of the glutathione process and phase two liver detoxification. Now what you were talking about RBC magnesium, looking at actually the red blood cell levels of magnesium, where do you find like the optimal range for that? Well, when I first start looking at RBC magnesium about 10, 12 years ago, the range was 4.2 to 6.5. And now if you look, it's not 4.2 anymore. It's 3.8. So they've dropped the lower end because people are getting more magnesium deficient. Mm. Yeah. And that's one of the things, the way that they come up with these lab tests is they just take a whole bunch of people. Most of the people that are getting labs are not like you and I, they're, they're, most people are sick, right? They're, they have deficiencies. So they just take all the people that have gotten labs and then they kind of take the median area in a sense. And so if you have a sick population, then you're not really going to get the optimal levels. And that's where functional medicine, we're trying to find, Hey, what is the optimal level? What is a level where most of the symptoms go away? People feel better. 
right? So that's kind of what we're trying to look at rather in the clinical range. Right. And what you've got to think about too with the the serum magnesium is it's not even registered on an electrolyte panel. I mean, mm-hmm. you may be sending out for magnesium yeah. tests, but doctors aren't, yeah, hospitals true. aren't. They do not even register any amount of magnesium because mm. what they found with that tight little range that you mentioned is um, only 1% of the total magnesium in the body is in the bloodstream. And the body knows that magnesium is vital for the heart function to make our heart rhythm. When your uh, serum magnesium level goes low, then the the body processes will strip magnesium mm. from muscles and bones. Yeah, that's that's what, and it keeps it so steady. So doctors, I guess, got to the yeah. point where they said, "Oh, it's always normal. We don't have to test it." Yeah, which is just incredible to me because then when you look at different conditions like um, uh, eclampsia or epilepsy in, in pregnancy, if a woman has very high blood pressure, she's starting to get seizures. Um, they will put up an IV magnesium, and it brings the blood pressure down. It stops the seizures, and she diureses. She loses all the water retention. And then they don't translate that into to daily use. Mm. They know how powerful mm. magnesium is, but then it's not a drug, so let's just ignore it. Yeah, so looking at a serum magnesium would look at more of almost like a, a later stage deficiency because the body's going to start pulling magnesium from your joints, from areas that are less vital. They're, you know, they're they're less vital in a sense, right? Like you can live for a long time with muscle spasms, right? Whereas you can't live a long time if you have tachycardia, uh, you know, if you have um, issues, cardiovascular issues that can kill you quickly, right? So it's going to start pulling that that magnesium out. So that's that's interesting, and so. Um, so let's talk about like some of the best food sources. I want to come back to supplements, of course, but let's talk about some of the best food sources people should be looking at, what foods they should definitely be focusing on, what foods they should be avoiding, because there's a lot of foods also that deplete magnesium levels that kind of stress the system. Yeah, anything that stresses the body, anything yeah. um, will will train magnesium, magnesium burn rate. Well, I've come to the point, David, that I don't think our food can carry enough magnesium. A hundred years ago, the U.S. Department of Agriculture apparently found 500 milligrams of magnesium in an ordinary diet. These days, you're lucky to get 200 milligrams. Hmm. One of the one of my besides my uh, dietary supplement company, I um, I sponsor a farm here in Maui. And biodynamic, organic, we have chicken eggs, but it's all fruits and vegetables and herbs, turmeric, et cetera. And um, I've tried to eat just from the farm, from a beautiful whatever, and I still get all my magnesium deficiency symptoms. Mm -hmm. So unless the farmer is just loading the soil with Epsom salts and and the, the nutrients that are being removed, we aren't getting enough. And mm. it's, I mean, we all know uh, we were talking, we're talking about magnesium, but all the minerals are affected from our soil. Yeah. You know, we're losing them all. And that's why we're having all the, this range of diseases. But I think magnesium deficiency is the main one. And let me just throw in here, you know, I'm always sidebarring. The two things that I've discovered in my whatever, 55 years of studying natural medicine is magnesium deficiency and yeast overgrowth are the two big uh, triggers for chronic disease. And those are the two things I focus on. When, you know, when I hear people talking about autoimmune disease or anything else, and they'll list, oh, there's 20 reasons for it. No, start with magnesium deficiency and clear that up, and then we'll see what's left over. Is it genetics? Well, magnesium has an effect on DNA and RNA. As I said, the telomeres are are um, supported by magnesium. So there's so many things that we can 
we can do when we we bounce magnesium. And I know, you know, I sound like a broken record and, you know, I, I'm just focused on this magnesium, but I, <laughs> I think I have a good point. Yeah, it's super key. You know, and I would say just from a dietary perspective, definitely making sure you're avoiding processed foods, chemicals, different things like that in your foods, anything that's going to spike your blood sugar, um, which is your highly refined types of stuff that all just stresses your magnesium levels, depletes your magnesium. Um, anything that spikes insulin, uh, we know insulin resistance doesn't allow you to get magnesium into the cell. So that's going to be a big factor. And then try to really eat organic, real foods. That's going to be your best magnesium sources, you know, doing things like, for example, you know, eating, you know, with animals head, you know, nose to tail, right? So you're eating kind of the bones, you know, making bone broth soups and things like that, organ meats, you know, with your vegetables, do, doing your best to get organic, you know, and then also lower oxalate forms as well, because oxalates can be an issue which, which will stress magnesium. So I like arugula, for example, over spinach, right? And lower, lower oxalate. And, and, you know, we look at like nutritional content, nuts and seeds are some of the best sources, but they also tend to be a little bit higher in oxalates. And so depending on the individual, some, some people can do fine with that and, and metabolize as well. Others, not as much. And so, but the key there is organic grass fed animal products and trying to keep your blood sugar stable. That's probably the best thing you can do from a diet perspective, but I'm in agreement with you. I think that in general, especially if somebody's already coming in symptomatic, chronic inflammatory conditions, getting on a magnesium supplement is going to be pretty vital. So a couple things there, um, magnesium will bind to oxalates and mm -hmm. remove them. Right. Calcium will bind to oxalates, but then create kidney stones. Particularly the magnesium citrate, because citrates also help. Citrate mm. itself is really powerful for helping to move oxalates out of the system. Which and we find that in like lemon lemon juice, for example, right? Like lemon or citrus fruits have magnesium citrate in them. Right, right. And um why we're talking organic is so you'll avoid the glyphosate, yeah. which binds up all you know, most minerals, but to a large extent, yeah. magnesium, the glyphosate. Phosphate, um, glyphosate, yeah, I mean, glyphosate's a huge, right. huge issue. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, all roads are good. Ultra processed foods, suddenly they're the, the big thing now. Um, nutritionists are trying to figure out how they can make ultra processed foods a little healthier so that, mm. that people will eat them. And it just, it drives me crazy. The only research that that they're touting these days is about ultra processed foods. And one big study they did, it was back in 2018 at Kevin Hall. He he had 20 people, he he put them on a rotation of ultra processed food and then the ordinary, you know, uh, sad diet, standard American diet. And he said, oh my goodness, the, the people who ate the, when they ate the ultra processed foods, they ate 500 calories more a day and gained weight. And it was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? We don't know why this is happening. Seriously, every one of us that has a brain knows that if you don't get your vitamins and minerals, essential fatty acids from the food you're eating, you're going to keep eating more food to try to, to you know, snag some of what we need. Yeah. So and those things just cause insulin resistance and you need insulin to get key nutrients into cells. And so if your cells aren't responding to the insulin, then your body feels like even though it's got plenty of calories, it doesn't have the nutrients in the cells. Therefore, it thinks it's starving. It needs more food, right? So it thinks it's starving. Yeah. And, and nutritional research has not even got to the point where they understand uh, vitamins and minerals mm. in their natural state. I mean, they're still working with synthetics for Pete's sake. So yeah. we cannot depend on on any of the dietitians or nutritionists who don't understand the, the cofactor relationship of vitamins and minerals and essential fatty acids. And then speaking of that, omega-3 and omega-6, that whole yeah. imbalance where we've got so much omega-6 in our diet now, we're we're totally inflamed and yeah. With omega-3s, I have great concern about the, the fish having to be processed out of their mercury and toxins to make it into a fish oil. I've, I've used um, algae oil for my omega-3, yeah. and I'm, I'm not that keen on krill either because that's the food of whales. 
And, you know, I'm in Maui, so we depend on our whales here. Yeah, so if you sure. if if we're using all the krill for supplements, what what happens to the mm. whales? <laughs> yep, yep. Well, let's talk about different forms of magnesium. So there's a lot of different forms out there. There's magnesium malate, glycinate, taurate, orotate, three L three and eight. So there's some forms that are better than others. So what what is your experience with these different magnesium forms or particular forms that are better for certain functions in the body? Let's go over just your overall experience with these forms. Okay, here's something that might be a little bit of a a brain blow. What the body wants, if it's magnesium deficient, is magnesium. So Elemental magnesium. Elemental magnesium. So what happens with a magnesium compound, it's a magnesium malate. And what has to happen in a liquid, which is our blood, is the magnesium and the malic acid separate. And the ion of magnesium then is free to go into a cell. The compound cannot fit into a cell. But this disassociation is a split second. So in that split second, you have to get some magnesium into your cells. But as soon as you bind back up, you can't have it. So that's the real problem with magnesium absorption is the disassociation factor. So what I've worked on is stabilizing that magnesium so that it's always available. But what um, I I guess it's the, the, the supplement companies, they've created a narrative where, oh, magnesium malate, malic acid from apples, it's good for your muscles, it's good for chronic fatigue, and let's just use that. And they're acting like it, they're using a magnesium, whereas they're using a magnesium and a malic acid. The malic acid is there to treat the symptoms of magnesium deficiency, where you want the magnesium. You, you're not after malic acid if you're trying to treat a magnesium deficiency. And, you know, the worst one I'm afraid is um, the l threonate because in they'll label it 2,000 milligrams of magnesium l threonate and then you turn the label over and they say, oh, but in, in three capsules, you'll get 144 milligrams of elemental magnesium. Now, if I had to treat my magnesium deficiency with l threonate I would have had to take, what, three times 10... 30 a day and I would be I'd be dead in the bathroom because of the laxative effect so then I thought well what's going on I mean they did a study and they found a seven percent incremental increase in the amount of magnesium that got into the brain of mice or rats and on that basis they called it a brain magnesium and I think that's a disservice to all the magnesiums, even magnesium oxide in the original studies, because everybody was using just magnesium oxide. Some some uh, entrepreneurial woman who owned a magnesium oxide company gave all the researchers magnesium oxide. So all the studies showed magnesium oxide. You can download a free uh, book, Magnesium in the Central Nervous System from University of Adelaide in Australia, 2011 book. It it lists all the studies back in that day using magnesium. They all worked in the brain. It's so to to say trinate is the only one. And trinate, I thought, oh yeah, well, you know, the amino acid threonine. It's good for the brain. Maybe that's what's happening. No, magnesium L-threonate is from threonic acid, which is a breakdown of ascorbic acid. It's got nothing to do with threonine. So that, you know, kind of shocked me a bit. And then I wondered, since ascorbic acid has receptors in the cells, actually ascorbic acid and vitamin uh, C compete to get into the cells. No, I'm sorry. I should ascorbic acid, vitamin C, and sugar compete to get into cells. So when you have a high sugar diet, like you were saying, you'll defeat your immune system because you're blocking 
vitamin mm -hmm. C ascorbic acid mm -hmm. from getting yeah. in. So I wondered if this um, threonic acid, which is from three O's, which is a derivative of uh, ascorbic acid, does that have some some function of pulling magnesium into the cells behind it because it's an ascorbic acid? So we, we don't know any of these answers. Everything is just theoretical, but yeah. it, it it's just confuses the public when they have to buy a patented drug uh, the L3 and 8, I call it a drug because it's, um, anyway, uh, it's hard um, to, it's hard for people to afford that type of product when you have to take so much to treat a magnesium deficiency. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So what, what do you like to use for magnesium deficiency? What do you, I know you like the loading process. You talked about 1200 milligrams for yourself is kind of where you started till symptoms came down. And now you're, you said you're somewhere around 400 to 600 milligrams a day. So what do you like? What do you, what, what is the form that you like to use now? Well, it's my own product, David. I don't know mm -hmm. if you want me to talk about it, but um, yeah, go, yeah, go ahead. It, yeah. Thank you. It's a stabilized um, magnesium from magnesium chloride. Okay, so, so magnesium a, chloride is what we find in Epsom salts. Uh, that's magnesium sulfate. But oh, yes, magnesium they're magnesium sulfate. You're right. Yep. But no, you're right too because there is there are magnesium chloride flakes as well. Right. Right. But right. The, yep. the, yeah. Yeah. They say magnesium chloride itself is is well absorbed, but what what my chemist has done is stabilize the magnesium. Mm -hmm. So that it stays as an ion for you know years at a time, and we've done the research studies we've done on it. They've um, they've shown um, a light called the Zetazizer, Z E T A S I Z E R, through our Remag liquid, which is a clear liquid, and it doesn't bounce off any material. So. They declare it, you know, picometer size. That's what I call remag. Mm. Picometer stabilized ion of magnesium. And that allows, you know, from the time you put it in your mouth, it's a liquid. Um, absorbs through your mouth, absorbs all the way down. It doesn't even get to the large intestine unless you you chug a lot of it. Yeah. So what what I've done, I mean, it is pretty revolutionary and it sounds kind of strange, but I don't have any way of really, quote, advertising it because the FDA won't let me say what uh, Remag can do. And I won't even say it here. We are, you know, we're really preventing sure. from discussing how vitamins and minerals and essential fatty acids can help um, treat disease. Sure. We can talk about the structure and function. So that's what we're talking about. You yeah. know, nerves and muscles are being supported. But but you found that the remag is a powerful way to get those higher doses of magnesium without having a digestive complaints, laxative effect, and, um, you know, without having to swallow 40 pills. Right. But as I've already said, David, any magnesium is going to help people. Right. And that's what I found is that, you know, just getting people on magnesium, it helps them, right? Yeah. Magnesium oxide to a lesser degree, unless they're constipated. But uh, a lot of these different forms I've used, I mean, yeah. people just notice that they're they're doing better. But I think uh, I think you're on it, onto it where, where kind of getting that magnesium loading, which is something that I've done with people as well, where you're starting to take those higher doses people see, you know, especially people are dealing with a lot of, a lot of chronic issues seem to get better quicker as long as they're able to tolerate it. Cause kind of the, the weak link there is going to be how well their digestive system is functioning or, and how, how well it's absorbing it and not having a laxative effect. Because once you have that laxative effect, you want to back down, obviously you don't want to, you know, you, you don't want to continue to have that. And so you're wasting, you know, you're yeah. wasting magnesium and, and everything else. But what's interesting about something like uh, Remag, a stabilized ion, is it makes the intestinal peristalsis work properly so right. that it it actually affects constipation in a natural manner mm -hmm. rather than as a laxative. So yeah. I found that amazing. Another amazing thing you might be interested in is 
two or three months into taking Remag and getting saturated, a lot of our customers will start experiencing yeast die-off. And they won't know what it is. It's like you're getting skin rashes, coated tongue, maybe women, vaginitis, itchy, mm-hmm. itchy ears. And, and we right away, because we focus on yeast as well, we say, oh, great, <laughs> you're having yeast die off. And then we, we go about uh, treating that with Saccharomyces boulardii and humic fulvic and pico silver. Mm-hmm. So we work on, um, on what the body is bringing up, you know, the sort of the layers that you go to the most important layer first. People, I mean, to you as well, they'll come and say, well, I want to work on this and this. And you'll say, well, let's do, let's do it this way. And you'll gradually get to the point where, where everything is taken care of. The priorities in the body speak for themselves. You can't push them. And that's one of the reasons I, I work with uh, Remag first, because then the body is detoxing naturally. Magnesium wow. will, will pull out mercury. It'll pull out a, aluminum and chemicals as well because of all the detox pathways that it affects. And you've already mentioned how it, it's instrumental in the glutathione pathways. Yeah. I work with L-methionine as well. Histine will work as well. So. Yeah. What I'm about is giving the body the building blocks so that the body can do its thing naturally. We can't force it. Yeah. Well, I love that. I mean, this has been a great interview, Dr. Carolyn. I mean, uh, so much great information. People really need to know about magnesium. We got to get this message out to as many people as possible. And yeah, your Remag product sounds wonderful, guys. You can check that out. They just go to your website, drcarolyndean.com for more information on that. Is that correct? That's my educational website. I have to yeah. separate that. The, oh, yeah. the product website is rnareset.com. And RNA reset. Yeah, I knew, yeah, yeah, I knew our, RNA was important long before the, the recent RNA explosion. Yeah, sure, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Well, you've always been ahead of the game. And so thank you so much. It's been great content. And also check out her book, The Magnesium Miracle. And so wonderful yeah. book. Oh, no, the new one, The Magnesium, The Missing Link to Total Health. So definitely check that one out as well so you guys can learn more. Dr. Carolyn, thanks so much again for your time and your expertise here. And we will see you guys all on a future interview. Be blessed, everybody. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.